what's up. All right, I have no idea if that fucking worked. I don't think it did, but whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> no, it did. I'm, I'm watching it. We got it. All right, well, I probably cut it off too early. Whatever. No, that's fine. You got it. Yeah. All right. What's up, dudes? Thanks for having me on the show again. Of course. Of course. I think you're our most frequent guest at this point. Uh, he is. 100%. But Just that's one a good of the perks thing. of the job, really. <laughs> you get to come on <laughs> shitty, mediocre podcast. No, I mean, it's, it's great, man. Like, not that many people get to, you know, oh, I got to do a podcast later. Oh, it's for work, you know? Oh, yeah. That is cool. Yeah, no, I agree. So that can be super fucking neat. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, let's just fucking hop right into this shit. You had uh, Vice News or Vice TV came out and did a full vid doc on one of your events. This was filmed at the Georgia Air Force Base, what, last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. During the uh, pandemic, allegedly. Which game was that? Aziri Flank, I think, Aziri was the Flank. name of the game. Okay, and this was this was the full insurgency game, right? No, this was the just regular force on force game. This is just force on force. Okay, yeah, cool. we specifically didn't have them come to an insurgency because it's just like <laughs> there's too much going on to explain to the casual observer. Yeah, yeah, there's there well, especially because the video is only like 23 minutes long. Um, so that's a mm-hmm. lot of context that you just aren't going to have unless you know what the fuck you're already looking at. Right. Um, exactly. I mean, I think that was the number one thing maybe that, uh, you know, a lot of people within the airsoft community, as far as the reaction, you know, mm-hmm. I noticed that there were a lot of people who, when they saw the trailer, were like really upset and thought that it was going to, you know, it was like the same deal as before the New York Times piece that came out mm-hmm. last year, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, tons well, of people were like, oh, it's a hit job. Oh, the big city liberals hate airsoft, yada, yada, yada. You're never well, going to get and, a fair shake. And, and in the past, we we were concerned about like Vice wanting to come out and just absolutely shit on some company and airsoft as a whole. So yeah, like, and there's there's definitely we some about. founded there's some oh, founded no. like I get the fear behind that because I was no no I, was I totally do too man. Like, like I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying that um the concern was unfounded. Hmm. Uh, and actually, initially, I told them no. You know, they right. called me like nine months before they actually came and filmed this. And initially I was just kind of like, nah, that doesn't sound like me. You know, when they told me the concept for the show where they were like, oh, we want to talk to hobbyists who are like obsessed with their hobbies. I was like, oh, that's not really me. But as it turns out, it really is me, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's all of us. You made a company based around the hobby. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty deep in the... But I mean, overwhelmingly, I've been seeing a pretty positive response. I watched the video a couple of times. I thought they did a fantastic job. Um, they do a really good job throughout the narration of kind of explaining to the casual viewer what they're looking at, because I'm sure it's really difficult to understand. Um, but I like the uh, the idea that they went the route of it being essentially just BB LARPs, which is what it's supposed to be. That's how I always explain it to people is I'm going to go play dress up with my friends and shoot toy guns for a weekend. Um, but I get where everyone was very, very concerned that this could very quickly and very easily be turned into like a school shooter training camp, fucking anti-jihad weird exactly. bullshit, second A fucking camp because they had a previous video they had done where they were talking uh, to some militia group. And obviously the militia groups are a whole different fucking animal. But yeah, I mean, Vice has went, done a bunch of stuff like that. I saw people yeah. reference, um, you know, they did a bit, the Vice UK did a bit on uh, World War II reenactors who do Germans. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I, I thought it was weird because there were a lot of people who used that in their comments and were like, they made those guys look like weirdos. No, those dudes are weirdos. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the thing is those, those dudes are weirdos. Those are unimportant. Those are unapologetically weird to the extent that, like they were like the militia groups, like they really do think that that like they weren't portraying them in any un, uh, in any new and like unflattering light. That's just how they are. And yes. I think that's why it portrayed very well with the Milson West event is it showed that this is just a bunch of guys who get together are possibly a little spurgy and they have a good fucking time. Like there's that one kid who's there with his dad. Who's like, well, I don't need you to, to talk to the dad. I'm finding my, I'm finding my glasses. I love <laughs> that. Cause he always called him father. Yeah. Father. <laughs> yeah. And like, you like, so you get what you're dealing with. There. It's like, yes. you know, not, not trying to talk to the kid. I'm sure he had, a, I'm just hope he had a great well, time. I think they that. were probably just surprised because if you're a regular person with a normal job, especially in the mainstream media, you know, yeah, this, this kind of world to you. This is like everyone in my, so, so many family members of mine who have not worked for me. Cause like my dad and my brother-in-law have worked an event with me and my brother. That's mm-hmm. it. So the rest of my family members are like, what does Josh do again? He does like training camps, right? They have like militia people there. Hey, Josh, how do you keep like neo-Nazis out of your events? Hey, what if somebody bought like a gun to your event and like tried to kill everyone? How would you stop them? My you know, wife asked, like, actually, my wife legitimately asked me that uh, when I was talking about going to the Milson West event in Oklahoma City. She's like, they allow blank fire? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, how, how do you know somebody's not going to? I was like, because we're not retarded. Like, it's checked. <laughs> like It's it's very, 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 very regimented. They keep a very, very close eye on it. Um, and I mean, but like, yeah, like I'm sure somebody could at any event sneak something in. Like, it's doable. But my it, question, it had to happen. Sure, but it's such a far-fetched. Like, why would you go to your hobby event to... Yeah, and anyway, you have, why yeah, would you pick the hardest sense. moving targets? <laughs> sure, and like I'd be the first person to get shot because like I'd be doing the blank fire safety check, and I'd be like, "Oh, is that seven hundred rounds of live ammunition? Oh no, <laughs> oh, no. you know." Right. Like, uh, but I mean, is, it's uh, like you never. I mean, it's like a crazy. Yeah, I actually no, think, and it was like they said in the piece, you know, and people say this in a cheesy way, but they were mentioning there were a couple people in the piece that said like, "Well, I think." doing this makes me not want to do it in real life Hmm. because I think about how many times I die or how terrible it is, or I just channel my aggression and yeah, everyone thinks they're going to jump in there like Rambo. And then you get clapped by some fucking 14 year old who's making Zoidberg noses while running across the street. And you're like, Oh, this would not have gone well for me if this were real. There's there's a little bit of context there. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was just like, they like the rest of my family who were all godless, big city liberals, you know, had this idea of what is airsoft. And as they, found out like you know at a game near los angeles there were many of their tribe there who were playing and so i think they were just oh wow this is like a representative of the general demographics of our population wow oh how weird you know it's normal oh my god but they all i mean like i talked to the producer and the correspondent and the guy who like directed it on site Mm -hmm. and i had talked to them since and they all kind of said like this was the most fun that we had this was the least sad episode you know we actually enjoyed being at the event you know i noticed one of the the biggest criticisms i saw online was there was one kid who was just like posted everywhere about how mad he was about our coverage um that's what i was gonna ask like my 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 question was it's like did did the kid players of the game have to like give consent to be basically allowed to be filmed by vice like is that part of yeah. the process you had to do for that yeah game? they signed a waiver yeah okay that's yeah. I and I mean, it's a like realistically, like, you know, you're it's a private event, but like the vice people were our guest. Do you know what I right. mean? 
And yes. like, so you're, you know, you're in a public space. Like you actually, there's no expectation of privacy. Although we did say like, if you don't want to be on camera, come let them know. Right. Um, for anyone who didn't. And there was just one person who actually messaged them before the pe like a couple days before it aired to say, I rescind my permission to be in it. And they didn't mm -hmm. know what to do. Cause they're like, well, we're not even sure who you are <laughs> yeah we don't know who, who you, you are. are we didn't interview you yeah. i mean we're not going to go through these group shots and blur your face yeah like, that's weird yeah i mean i'm sure he can sue them or whatever he well, wants like to do. i get i get vendors like event promoters or sponsors not wanting to like sure we, should do, have we don't even say. have vendors though so yeah. it wasn't a problem yeah like I, I can understand them having a say in what they uh they do and don't want to be associated with because that just makes sense that's just good business practice no um, for sure um, so I, I mean, I, I was pretty sure like by the time vice actually showed up at jet's house, you know, cause they were with us for a day before the event and the day after. Mm -hmm. Right. So they were with us for like five days. I was going to say, cause the, the good section of that is them like opening up jet and Leah's garage and being like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they were around for like five days. You know, we gave them full access to everything we were doing, but I I already talked to these people a whole bunch before they came out. And so I pretty much knew like what kind of a story they were trying to do, you know, in terms of it wasn't like it wasn't even formatted like a hatchet piece. Like if you watch the other episodes, they're not necessarily a hatchet piece. It's just QAnon people are crazy. There's no way to slice it. Mm -hmm. You know, like when somebody sits down for a candid interview about their QAnon theories, it's like you're going to sound crazy as fuck. You know, yeah, but the other no, people really they covered no around that. <laughs> what? I said, there's really no getting around that shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the two episodes they did before us and the one that will come out this week are all like, it's rare plant collectors, um, extreme YouTube fandom and QAnon, like rich, lonely, single guys cruising the QAnon scene for sugar babies. I'm nice. going to watch the plant one because that actually sounds interesting. The rest of that I can give two fucks about. The QAnon but. one's funny just because it's like they found such a specific, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like they focus on a family that's like suburban. And like, it's so odd because the parents are like apeshit crazy, but the kids are too little to notice yet. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're like playing with their little toddlers talking about how there's like a war and a storm coming and shit. And you're just like, dude, ugh. South Park really, mm -hmm. really just nailed that shit so well and then like the other one the extreme youtube fandom it was pretty good you know what i mean it was like they interviewed a dude who had like a fan that showed up at his house and then mm -hmm. he he didn't like he talked to her for like an hour but he didn't want to let her in the house that that's and, that happens a lot to them because she weird. killed herself right after what? yeah because and they you, interviewed the dude and he actually was like hey like what what am i expected to do i spent all this time Mm -hmm. you know, at my job, building a following, having fans interacting with them. And you know, I talked to her for an hour on the porch. I just didn't want to let her into my space. So even something that was like cringy and real, you know, like no one dies in our episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and they, there's something weird with that where like YouTubers are infinitely more. Sure. But I just meant, like I thought their favorites. treatment of those people was even pretty. Even. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like the, throughout the episode, it seems really even killed. Like they, they touch on political shit, like at some point, but they only use it as a reference point as to why. Totally. This and is I think not. they're doing it because they know who is viewing this mm -hmm. and they know those people would want to see me ask those questions. I love you know, the model train fucking reference you made is like one of my favorite arguments I've ever heard. That was phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, it is definitely one of my faves. Cause like, you know, I mean, I, I'm not super into like 
woke politics, but, mm. but I mean, like there is something to be said for viewing history with a critical race theory lens, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah. of historical stories that are like, oh yeah, that was a lot better for Lewis and Clark than it was for J- Sagajewia or like, oh, mm-hmm. that's weird. What happened to all the people that lived there before? You know, that sort of yes. thing. Well, and then, like I said, there, there's a lot of ways that this could have gone. And yeah, I but it's like, no, it's, as I said to them, like we didn't make that. We're just yeah. living in it. But and again, the actual product itself, I thought was great. I thought it was really flattering for the hobby. I was super I happy with it. Uh, they did a really good job, just like aesthetically. It was fun. It was interesting. It was engaging. Yeah. It was fun to watch. If you're listening to this or watching it live right now, get a chance to actually go watch the whole Vice episode that we're talking about with it's Josh. On Jets, it's on Jets YouTube for free. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like an unlisted link. Um, but you know what? I can send it to you guys right when we're done we here. In the chat. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, yeah. You know what? I can throw it in the chat right now. There you go. Yeah, Let's so see. yeah, if you guys get a chance, definitely take a look at it. But Punk, I didn't know if you wanted to throw in any comment or question that you had for Josh, mainly regarding it. No, I um I I just I you know, like there is a lot of bias that goes into with, with a lot of these media and especially in Airsoft. Um I mean I think for the most part, you know, airsofters are responsible. As much as I'd like to give them credit for being, you know, troglodytes. Uh, you know, they are, they are responsible and there is just, you know, there's a small fraction of them that kind of, you know, take these stereotypes of, of, you know, like you say, like liberal media and shit, you know, that these pieces are actually well covered and, uh, they had a good time. And, you know, I, I, I just, I told Leah the same thing that, you know, like, thank you guys for just being responsible fucking people. Period. Like I, I have nothing other than that. Just like, yeah, like anybody, anybody put in not, perspective. I mean, yeah. not even, not even just that, but like just not making it a fucking thing. Like I appreciate the fact that Josh said, but like, hey, how many, how many of you guys do you think you know this was covered in poorly? And then he goes, actually, you're all fucking wrong. It was done really well. So like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought the crew that shot it did a really good job. They definitely came with an open mind. I mean, they filmed a lot more than they actually, you know, put yeah, in that piece. Yeah. And I was thought the some- most, the funniest criticism I saw, there was one guy who in every Facebook group posted the same, like, I heard for months Josh Warren talking about how this was all positive. It's such a bad look that they say we're crazy and they don't even mention blank fire. And like the whole bit about that is like, obviously it's just some fucking guy that has his favorite scene. And what they say in his favorite scene is that Milson West is dangerous because we allow people to do blank fire. And he was really sad that that didn't get brought up in some sort of expose to finally take me down, you know, for good. (laughs) Right. Like finally we can get Cobra commander out of the airsoft game. Fuck. And what it is, is like, they were there, they saw everything. They filmed the blank fire safety checks. Mm -hmm. I think they chose not to include it specifically like they never told me they you know because they never address it in the show it's shown but they don't address it um and i haven't even asked i should ask the producer why they didn't but i'm gonna assume it's because they after i explained to them what blank fire safety is and like how we deal with it at milson west they were like that is too complex to include in our narrative Mm mm-hmm yeah, exactly. Like, like, there's the there's average too much viewer the would not understand. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and they know their average yeah. viewer is going to hear firearms, they're going to see brass, and they're going to freak out, and the story's going to be over. And I think they were, right. I mean, if you look at the end of it, man, they say if more people played Milsim, maybe the world would be a better place. It's pretty Thanks. fucking positive. Yeah, man. Vice <laughs> TV said that. On the, on the realm cool. of fucking notes that are positive and you want to fucking be, have said about you, it's a pretty good one. 
make right? the world. Yeah. I mean, no. we didn't, so we just didn't, we didn't even let them into this. We did the same thing we do with the New York times, right? Mm-hmm. We let them vet us. We vetted them. And then once we were satisfied with like who, you know, basically looking at the work that these people had done in the past, you know, just looking at their interviews to decide, do we think they're giving these people a fair shake? And then mm-hmm. said, Hey, what are the parameters of the work you're trying to do? As soon as we got them to say that, we would just be like, okay, come do whatever you want. Is there well, anything you th- want us to film or not film? No, film whatever you want. I think the the um, the fact that they went to Milsom West specifically, if they're going to go to one, made more sense because of the level of extremes that you guys go to at your events. It actually Definitely. lent better to explaining what Airsoft and Milsom is because it's so structured, it's so regimented. It's not just like a more casual event where it's a lot harder to like kind of encompass everything in such a kind of tactile fashion. But yeah, I mean, because you guys before, are so over the top with that, it, it sells it better. Cause it's like, Oh, this is real. This isn't like a casual going out and shooting BB shit. Like this is the hardcore one. Yeah. Punk, what were you going to say? Oh no, it was just that. Yeah. Because like out of all the events that, that really give you not only just the biggest bang for your dollar, um, but like really just, you had mentioned something years and years ago. There is the the suspension of disbelief, hmm. and and you know, like that's to me when you go into an event that is like the best representation of what you fear and how awesome it is. Like they, they it was a good. Well, they good. they could have done the same thing at an AMS or at. Um, I'm not going to say Lion Claws because fuck those events um, huh. at a Overwatch game or, any, or any, most of the other promoters. And it probably would have done well, but I don't think it would have transferred translated nearly as, as well, well as sure. it does at Milson West and specifically at the Georgia Air Force or Georgia Air Force Base, because that environment adds a lot to it. And they that see that you're going very cool on camera. It does. Yes. And that's like I know they had attempted to do this something similar at Copperhead a couple of years ago. And we were really, really, really against it. And I still think that that was the right decision to not do it there and not do it with that group because it could have been a totally different um, environment. Outcome for the player base. And And it could have been a different outcome. And how it looked, yeah, for the overall coverage that they wanted to do. With the episode being so positive, I've been really interested to kind of track what the community response is and what the response is in general because it seems like for most people outside of Airsoft, it is a kind of a neat lens into our dorky little world. Kind of like for a while there, like LARPing was in like every other comedy film that came out. Like you had fucking um, the uh, there's like six of them that came out like all in the same time frame. It became like really popular to make fun of LARPers. And now it seems like there was a little bit of a lens, like they kind of crack the door on like what we do, which is just as dumb and silly. Um, Does that mean Microsoft is going to show up in movies and we're going to get made fun of as much as we make fun of ourselves? I fucking hope so. I mean, Um, maybe... Yeah, because I mean, since just the paintball. New York Times thing came out, I've had multiple TV producers contact me, you know, about developing like a TV show around Milson West. I, yeah, not doing it, but like yeah. you know, people because it's like it's terrible. It's like yeah. three guys; they've all been the same, right? And the gist of it is, you know, we get down to it, and I'm like, why would I let you make like an episodic reality TV show out of like my work? Well, you know, and that's, that's and, they, and they do one of two things. They first, they tell me how much they're going to pay me for like their shitty discovery channel reality <laughs> show. And I'm like, yeah. are you, are you fucking dense? Like I'm going to make twice that on the game. Yeah. Why would I, why would I do your stupid show where I'm going to look like an egomaniacal asshole, you right. know? Right. Well, Cause I am right. <laughs> so like, 
and that that was that was part of the thing is I really love that they caught your your intro speech of we are all silly nerds and we're here to have a good time. Um, but also it's 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 just shows how kind of um, divided and semi toxic the community likes to be where almost all the comments, even from inside the community, are really, really, really positive. Um, and the only people that I see talking shit are people that have had very specific beef with you or Jet or Leah or Vice. Not as Airsoft as a whole, but just right. it's, there's really small sex. And which, again, the biggest assholes have the fucking biggest megaphone a lot of the times, and they're the only ones that ever say shit. But you get the sea of they like... don't, though. You know what I mean? Like... There's a sea of positive or positive comments inside these videos, and then there's that little. And what's funny is how many of them were like other event promoters that were talking shit. There was a little bit of that, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like some of those people don't have a platform anymore. You know, I was just thinking of of uh, you know, there was this guy who used to work for Lion Claws, used to work for me, right? It's the only cadre to ever quit while I was mm-hmm. paying him, um, and he spent most of his life like making a personality out of being in ranger regiment that he was only in for like six years and never fucking deployed one time, which is a little weird, you know, just cause like your average MSW cadre member has probably spent double the amount of time in ranger regiment than that dude. So, and yeah. uh, and uh, he busted out one of my buddies who started MSW, who's a fucking green beret now just posted on his Twitter. Like, so, you know, I'm so proud to have been a part of starting this yada, yada, yada. And the guy like, dude, he, he put, dropped him with some narrative of me that he thought was going to be stunning. And he got like uh, half dozen responses that were all like, Hey, aren't you the only guy who's ever quit while Josh was paying you? I saw you? that, I yeah. saw that shit. Dude, and he was... runs this other thing. And he was like, your shit ain't never as hot as my shit. And then my friend posts some like Achilles, Brad Pitt and Troy post where he's like, that's why no one will remember your games. And the guy's like, I don't host games. And then if you go on your, on his website and you look at like upcoming events, it's true. He doesn't he host doesn't games. Host games. <laughs> <laughs> well, so given that you like, you don't want to get into a TV show, obviously. Um, Fuck how no, open man. Are you like, I to- mean, what's the show going to be about? Like it's, what are they going to make? Like, you know, four hours the out of that vice episode, like that vice or- episode did it, man. Well, yeah. yeah. So now, now that this was so successful and this was such a positive experience, what? How likely are you to let them come back and go to an insurgency game with a little more? Dude, if those guys running? from Vice, if that crew wants to come back, and I have talked to them about it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, if they ever want to come back and play in a game, you know, ideally, that's the game they would come play in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to get the dude who wrote the New York Times article to come out and be cadre at an insurgency event. That'd be you neat. know, because he is he is a Marine veteran and mm-hmm. like. You know, he does political reporting and I want like, why not have that dude be like the ministry of information? Right. Like, yeah, right. Like what a perfect cadre role. So I'd love to have him do that just to see if like, I mean, everybody that I've worked with says they would like to cover this scene in the future. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's like something where like once every three to five years, you can probably get a story out of it. That's interesting. That makes people who are on it. I mean, there's all these people in my family who honestly just smile and nod at me at gatherings about my work that have been calling and texting me since this came out. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, oh, your work is so fantastic. Oh, your speech is so good. You know, like, and it's like the same people that for years, you know, have been like, so how's work, Josh? Yeah, you're still playing your games. That's nice. You know, and now all of a sudden they're like, man, your speech was just great. <laughs> like, yeah, I know my speech is great. Like, I do like four things at work, you know? Ricky says he wants to run the snack section at a Mil- Milson West game. I mean, you fucking should, dude. And that, yeah, it'd be great at that. Just slinging fucking Snickers <laughs> bars. Um, Saratov Insurgency, Labor Day weekend, Panther Training Center, 
It's right near Washington, D.C. Labor Day weekend. Last time we did it, we had like 450 people come out. I was so, like, what, what is the next? You've got a DFE event this weekend, right? Like, I got a DFE event this weekend at Blast Camp, which is in Hobart, Indiana, which is actually about an hour from where I am right now in okay. Wheeling, Illinois. I've finally out of the city of Chicago. Thank you very much. Nice. Not guilty, not guilty. Case dismissed. <laughs> oh, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you and me both, homie. Case dismissed. Uh, that's and, and so at least I'm out of Cook County, you know. Uh, but you. the game is near me. It's a Desert Fox event. Should be good. We got a bunch of people coming. So, and um, in relation got- to the DFE game, so you glad it was a Milson West game that came to and not DFE? Like I said, because I in my mind, it they, gives it more they, legitimacy. Want, they, they specifically wanted to come to an MSW thing. Hmm. So, like, obviously, you know, they talked to us and Jet. And um, initially, they were thinking about going to that Jackal game, I think. Really? Um, like the game me and Cole went to. I had heard that. Yeah, but yeah. see, yeah. I we actually talked Jet and Ross out of that because I was like, hey, man. That's not going to be a good look. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't see Probably me fucking blackout you drunk recall in the episodes, they mentioned how distasteful it was that Germans are dressed up pretending to be Taliban, you know, from the Vice perspective. They did mention that, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did mention that. I thought it was funny that they mentioned how naughty Vietnam War reenactments were, not knowing that Brian Clarkson and I only did Vietnam War games before we did Milsom West. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's a little secret tool we use later. Yeah, I mean that's like behind the vice episode. But uh I'm actually I'm gonna do a live stream with them Monday on their Instagram channel. Just which, to like which oh, cool. to promote the show. Yeah. Oh really? But, that's cool. Yeah, they, they were really cool, man. They were super positive and like they just said like what was my overwhelming feedback? That I should start a public speaking career, basically. Yeah. And they were like, Hey, will you, cause they didn't ask anybody else to do it. They were like, Hey, will you come do it with us? Cause you seem like a guy who could run his mouth for 90 minutes. Well, Josh, Josh Warren in his Ted talks. There's, there's definitely, there's definitely a very, very large disconnect with shoving something down people's throat that they didn't ask for. And like kind of opening an opportunity for something like this to exist. Um, sure. We've seen it time and time again, but uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just glad this worked out. Cause like I said, cause I definitely had my reservations about it. I was not for this idea, but I was proven wrong. I a hundred percent. Um, I'm, I'm glad it came out the way it did. And I was really, really impressed. Um, I was, you guys, I was pleased too, man. It was really my experience with the New York times that made me convinced that I could do it, mm-hmm. you know, cause it was just like having that experience with them and like dealing with good reporters. You know what I mean? Cause like with any institution, man, there's that, like the New York times article. It was like the, over the course of that eight months, mm-hmm. you know, I re answered interview questions twice with that guy. You know, he took the time to say, hey, my editor wants you to answer this specific question, you know, and like me being like, sure. Yeah, man, let me swat down that bullshit. Was there anything that was off the table during the event that you guys nope. maybe tried to steer them away from or was nope. hoping that they wouldn't track on to just nope. wholesale? Let them. Interesting. We'd already done it, man. We let the New York Times see whatever they wanted. There wasn't anybody specifically at the event that you were hoping they weren't talked to because your brother at the end has me rolling every single time I watch Dude, that my brother. Thing. I mean, like, I love my brother, man. He went on that trip with me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I knew what was going to like the allegedly jokes that he does that about me and shit. Funny. Like, <laughs> but it's just like, that's a, you know, look, you know, as a, I'm a very spiritual person. And, uh, I think part of my like spirituality is just like seeing my younger brother as like a test from God, 
You know what I mean? Cool. And I just have to be like good humored about the jokes that he makes, right? Uh, to show my humility because I'm not, and I don't want people to think I'm an egomaniac because then people don't like you, you know? So I appreciate my brother giving me the opportunity to appear humble, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because well, I'm definitely not, but I have to put up with the shit because he's bigger than me. There's so many people that take their own platform and just fucking ruin themselves. So it's nice whenever somebody from the outside doesn't do it for you. Yeah. That's what um, we do on here. What do you mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're here for. We're trying to just. Yeah, that's literally. It. I figured if you know, I, I was actually when I saw my brother in the preview, I was a little like, uh, you know, like because that dude he says a lot of stuff, right? So what he <laughs> said. As, as soon as I saw he was there with the camera track to him, I was like, oh, this he's going to show up later. There's no way he's not. Yeah, and I remember I said on camera to the producer, not realizing that he has a Mexican girlfriend, like not like you know. Latino American, mm. like, like she lives in Michoacan or something. Yeah. There's a whole bit where he was asking me what airsoft is like in other parts of the world. And I was like, well, the Mexicans never call their hits. And I go on this like five minute tirade about like macho Latin culture. But you how, mean like, like an actual Mexican? <laughs> yes. No, no. I'm talking. Yeah. No, no, no. And, but this see, like I don't some know. Generalization. You're talking about like actually playing with people from Mexico in Mexico. At- well, no, no. He, he realized that what I mean is then later I go look him up on social media and I'm like, wait, this dude's in Mexico like half the year. I'm an asshole. <laughs> you know, because I'm like explaining Mexico to him like he's Your never been there. Men don't call their hits, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And like honestly making like some pretty borderline racist assumptions about Mexican airsoft and like hit calling, which like I, in my experience, I'm not wrong, but like, hey, maybe somebody else has had a different experience. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know, there's like a lot of immortalities in that game, man. Like a lot of fucking people that just can't be stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I so like I started thinking about that and was like, oh no, dude. Like, yeah, was like how, I, how many how many oh shit moments did you have during filming? You were like, like something would come out that you would normally say because you're yeah. in your space. No, nah, it was like, just that one, oh. man. Like, you know, when I go to work, man, I'm like so primed. You know, when I go to an event, like my brain is already like, uh, are the cops going to show up? Am I going to get in a fucking car chase and run down a meth head on a dirt bike in my RAV4? You know, like, is John Lou going to fucking tell the facility that I'm like a serial rapist drug smuggler? Like, you know, are the fucking Mexican SWAT team going to show up just to check things out? Speaking of Mexican SWAT team, hola. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about time you guys showed up. I didn't do look, nothing. At that, look at that fucking camera quality. Look it's at disgusting. It. Mm. It's very good. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It makes the ugly look less ugly. Mm. Right. So we uh we've gone through most of the Vice News stuff. Did you have any any pointed questions about that, Corey? Or anything you were curious about? No, probably probably nothing that you guys haven't covered. Yeah, yeah we're, we... just, we're just kind of going over if there's anything that made him particularly butt puckery during the it's like somebody because yeah. that's 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 got to be a huge like it was just that one course. man like when i looked at that dude's social media afterwards and realized that i had like fucking nerds playing mexico to him well i'm not even talking about you i'm talking about like when they were interviewing like people at the event like there had to be a couple there that you're like oh fuck keep going keep going keep going keep going don't talk to that kid don't talk to that kid. uh I mean, David Lee wasn't there, so I wasn't that worried. <laughs> I mean, I love David, man. But like sometimes, sometimes he won't shut the fuck up, right? Like, he's good on the other end of the camera, though. D- David's that. great, man. I love David. I-, I hope he puts out. We did this weird ass interview after that last Oklahoma event, uh, where like I interviewed him, like I'm Milsom West HR, you know, mm. and like 
kind of asked him a lot of pointed questions about like our corporate environment of inclusiveness and like whether my partner and media director at Milson West, Brian Clarkson, supported his creative vision. It's pretty good. Creative cool. vision. No, it wasn't cool. I don't think he's going to put it out. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like all me just asking like super loaded bullshit questions, right? <laughs> How was no, that event? Because that was the other thing is that event looked, you know, kind of getting away from the vice thing, getting more. Into, uh, yeah, that event was super yeah, fun, well, man. Right. Like the weather was absolutely perfect. Uh, you know, the pacing and the action of the event was like close enough to what we planned to make it easy to administer the event. Mm-hmm. but unpredictable enough that players were like sucked into it. You know what I mean? Um, I think the guy to really ask about that would be Niles. Obviously, you know, obviously uh, hmm. Nigel. Yeah. I don't know why I'm like fucking, I mean like he, he went, he made some videos of it. I mean the Jen Leah video is going to come out, but basically it was a good event. Like one team won a whole bunch. Then the other team won a whole bunch. Then, you know what I mean? Like it's the advantage kind of passed back and forth. You know, there were definitely engagements where we're like, okay, the rush force is just going to roll over NATO. And then it's like, oh, no, no, they got stuffed. Fuck. Do not pass go. Like, storyline does not advance. <laughs> uh, storyline. I guess we're, we're, we're going to right here until that person whoops. Them. What do, what do we yeah, do? Yeah. Like, there was definitely a bit where admin wise, we were all looking at the game and we're like, ooh, geez, you think Rust Force is going to blow them out of zone one by like fucking 8 a.m.? And then it's like 11 30 and you're like, wow, Rust Force in full retreat and it's getting hot. Looks like we're not passing phase line one until later. That's, you know, awesome. it um, looked like it, a really fun event. I would have much rather gone. To it was that super event. fun, man. Yeah. That venue was super awesome. You know, I'm going to try and do as much as I can at that venue. The venue owners are, you know, phenomenal, just great people. Um, it's a great, you know, for anybody that hosts events, like if you're an event host and you're listening to this, hit up Jamie Denny at Battle Springs Ranch. That place is awesome. The owner of it, Toby, is fantastic. You know, it's a great facility. You know, they have a very reasonable venue fee. Um, I mean, obviously, like, I don't want to compete with anybody, but let's face it. You're not as good as me, so we're not competing anyway. So, you know, (laughs) go. yeah, just go give some business to my venue, man. Like, give money. Give money. No, they're great. Like, it's a great venue. They're cool. The guy who owns it is like. It looks really neat. I'm really excited to to try to make it out there. Probably. We're going to keep. I mean, we're going to keep pumping events out there like. I, I actually really enjoyed it because we probably had about 70% new players. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it was like 70% people who just never been to MSW. They'd always just kind of been to whatever games were in that area. And we lost a lot of people and that was fun. Lost about 40% of people. The The fun bit for me was the people that left on Saturday that was, were like, it's too hot. It was like 71. We're, uh, we're getting there, Ricky. Just, just hold on to your butt soon. Oh, dude, I want to talk about that too, man. We got to. We got to talk about that fucking... Dweeb. Actually, it, it brings up a point because you were like, we were kind of talking about like, what are some of the, you know, what were some of the good things about Vice coming to MSW versus a different event? And I'll mm-hmm. tell you, one of them is they don't let fucking dumbass motherfuckers like Lucas Bakken run their mouth in front of the crowd at Milson West. Well, now, the preload to that is this wasn't, at least to me, this wasn't public knowledge that he was a f- f- fucking twerp. To this degree. I know he's a little weird, but well, like, he just uh, made it pretty. I mean, he just made it known, right? Yeah. He, he, he fucking with a goddamn bullhorn. He yeah. Made like it if you're known. really, if you're really mad at Lucas Bakken, you probably did the deep dive into like who he is and what his family's about before this. I just got into it this week. <laughs> I haven't, I have, I have no clue. I know. Um, I saw, I saw the post. I don't follow him, but I saw the post. And well, the best way to say it is like, 
I mean, I'm not a Christian, so I can't speak to that. Well, some context here before we dip into that. Oh, yeah. What was actually said? Yeah, somebody somebody pull up the post and just read it word. Let's be professional and read it word for word. (laughs) He took it down. What we're talking about. No, no, he didn't take it down. But basically, what it is is he made a series of four posts now this week, stating his philosophical positions on life that are more important than business. Hmm. Post number one was gay or marriage is only between men and women and only with God. And we all have to stand up to the normalization of pedophilia. Okay. Okay. Like sure, man. But like those issues are not related. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can read it entirely, but like, that's basically what it is. Right. And I totally understand. Like uh, it's, I I don't think it's even that like saying that you don't approve of gay marriage as a moral thing. That's like totally fine. It's, I think the equation of being gay to being a pedophile, that's like, you know, people would be upset if I said we have to shut churches down because that's where kids get molested. Right. And that'd be an intentionally like, that's not a, that's like a provocative thing to say. Do you get what I mean? Like you're expecting a response. Well, and that's not, that's not fair to churches, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not what churches are for. No, that's what some people do, but like, that's not, so it's kind of, it's just the same thing. That's all it is. And then his number two point was like about abortion, which is again, like I totally understand, but what the fuck does this have to do with guns? And like, what an intense debate to get into. You know what I mean? Like, kind of came out of left field. Like, man, if you're going to pick a fight and just like for me, man, like if I had to pick my top four positions in life, like they definitely don't concern the definition of marriage or like whether or not people should have an abortion, you know, like my, probably my top four principles are probably like, you know, be sincere, like fucking be fair with people. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Right. Like, they're all just like it anyway long story short like lucas bodkin is just part of you know what i would say is a pretty fundamentalist sect that involves like sort of weird family planning done by parents it's like polygamous adjacent well and it was just such a weird thing to randomly want to trumpet from the heavens and then i saw leah and punk both uh scared that screenshot of him like my face when something something over there talking effeminate talk like a man like what the fuck do you know about me and a man you little twerp yeah i mean that that bit people have been making fun of him for that one for a while you you know where he's like calling people fags and saying that they should be more masculine and shit which is weird because that dude kind of dresses like a gay man from the early 2000s with the ripped jeans and shit i wasn't gonna say it no, that's my honestly, I thought but he was, Jim Hansen pointed that out, and I was like, "Well, but then when you realize it's not that he has early two thousands gay aesthetic, he has weird homeschool like patriarchy cult yeah. vibes." Maybe don't take like, it. Don't, maybe don't take advice on manliness from somebody who's built like yeah, a fourteen year old girl. or his dad. Like, just well, go watch his dad's YouTube channel, Jeffrey Botkin, Stand Up and Lead. That's the YouTube channel. Just go watch like three of those videos and you'll understand why Lucas is the, really the victim here. Well, and there's there's a very. All right. So here's something that I want to make. I want to make perfectly clear and I want to scream it so the kids in the back can hear it. All fucking whatever. Five of you that watch this goddamn show liking right. firearms or anything that is related to or somehow seen as manly in the mainstream does not make you fucking manly. It has nothing to do with masculinity, liking shit that goes bang and blows up and guns and blood yeah. and all that stuff that well, doesn't make you a fucking man. No, it makes you, you guys, have you an guys made it that way. Yeah. What, what happened is a bunch of 14 year olds who thought he was cool, gave him a platform. And so now either he's falling into being irrelevant and he wants to say something to just shock everybody and, and get back to being relevant. Or 
he thinks he has this platform now that he can preach to his masses, which is not us. It's not us. It's not right. people our age. It's There's a very specific 14 group. to 18 yeah. year olds that don't know anything that maybe are thinking about shooting or getting in the military or whatever. And they look to these YouTube guys who. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on people that shoot paper really fast. It doesn't matter. It's it's cool sure. if you want if you want to go compete and shoot paper real fast, I'll respect you for it. But once you start talking tactics, get out, dude. Those those things aren't shooting back at you. You have no clue what you're talking about. Well, it's about. like you you said uh, a couple shows ago, like if you haven't kicked in a door, you're untested. You have no fuck like I'm yeah. the same way. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to listen to that kid and 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 think that he's like the be all end all when it comes to gunplay whenever he's he's never gone and raided a drug house. He's well, never gone and right. kicked and in a door in Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah, that's already but, me a downfall. But fourteen-year-old kids on YouTube can't delineate between the two. They're yeah. All, well, because at the end, yeah, I think that's that's really what it is, Corey. Is mm-hmm. like, you know, if you are fourteen to twenty-one, Lucas Botkin seems like a good guy to take firearms or spiritual advice from. Yes, if you're over twenty-five you're probably past it. Yeah. And, and that's why I think everybody here is probably just like, they probably don't even follow him. I don't. I mean, it, I didn't either, but we're like my girl Leah crowd. got on him and I just yeah. like, you know, and I got she, a pile you know, on. We're, we're not, his, we're not his crowd. So whenever he says what he says, you know, do, right. do you get mad about it? Yeah. But it's kind of like, there's a total disconnect. He's not going to know about it. Cause you don't, oh, don't for follow sure. each other. So who cares? I mean, it, it is important. You know, you can't, you can't be an idiot and say stupid things, but I mean, he's not talking to us. He's talking to 14 year olds. No, he's talking to his audience for sure. Yeah. There's a very specific audience that he's going for. And you see this a lot and you've seen this a lot, especially recently where people with a following will play very, very, very hardcore into their following. If they feel like they're losing traction, they're losing momentum. Um, but I, it's just, it's just so fucking wild. Like he came out of nowhere. He said that. And then people started going after him and there's really like no defense to this. And the defense he took was a religious belief system that, uh, for the most part in wholesale argues against everything he fucking just said. <laughs> so it's like, like where, where the, where, where the fuck are you doing here, kid? Just doesn't make any sense. And now and my, the problem is, is he is not tied into what the community at large thinks, not in the pro, not in the two a community, not in the airsoft community, damn sure. And not in, you know, like this guy's opinions at the end of the day are his own. So going in and arguing that, him saying this like disqualifies anything uh, or any event that he's been to or any anybody who's ever like worked with him in the past. Like, no, it doesn't. It just means that he's a fucking dickhead. And now we all know he's a dickhead. No, now. for sure. Uh, I just wouldn't give him a platform in this hobby. Yeah. You know, like, that's not what we need. You know, I actually I mean, to throw other people under the bus, like, you know, I had somebody pretty famous come out to a Desert Fox event recently and we he wanted to speak and I let him speak. And he said some wild shit, man. Like I gave the worst safety brief in my life because I gave that guy the mic for like three minutes. And he, he dude, he said some crazy shit. He was like, uh, we all know what we're getting ready for. We all know we're getting in that mindset. You know, he like it was like some sheepdog mindset shit. And I was like, <laughs> like bro, some QAnon stuff. Yeah. Like, bro, this is a fucking airsoft <laughs> game exactly where people are dressed about. like the fire dragon squad waiting to cap objective fucking flavor town. Was he standing on his bag boy like a step stool or was he just in the background? <laughs> Almost. Almost. Yeah. He almost got down on all fours for him to stand on him. But, I got to uh, make mention there's a photo that Dave took of those two. And you can tell the bag boy was pouring his heart out to this this influencer person that you speak of who was at your event. However, that, however, yeah, daddy. Uh, however, daddy was on his phone ignoring him. And it was really cute. <laughs> it was a really cute photo. 
You both know who you are. You guys look cute together, and I hope you guys are happy. They'll never see this. Laverne. I hope you guys are tight. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk too much on my fellow hardened criminals in the airsoft scene. Um, and I'm glad that a guy who dodged some gun charges can finally get a job. Yeah, right. Laverne, Laverne I love you to death. It's not your fault. You're so skinny. You just have six goddamn kids. Hey, and never get to it, the I got bitch first too. It's okay. <laughs> I got bitch first too. It's fine. Look at me. I'm a twig. God. Okay. Yeah. Again, it, it, I guess that was a little hypocritical to just make fun of him for being uh, a slimy, skinny little twerp. Can, but when I say twerp, it's more of a mental thing. Yes. Yeah. I muted myself. Sorry. I apologize for zeroing in on his size. It's just that Cole decided to wear a sleeveless shirt and I felt intimidated. All right, so. And I needed to build myself back up because I took off my sleeveless shirt because I didn't want to look like a douchebag on the Internet. So thanks, Cole. Fuck you. <laughs> Pretext to this is I, I'm in roofing sales. So I've spent all day in a hundred degree fucking soup up on roofs and i had literally i sweat so much today that i sweat through my pants my jeans were literally like had water oh, dripping yeah. out of them it was disgusting and, this, yeah, and I, I didn't wonder, get a chance to shower it was like the grossest i've felt in a long time i wonder what the people in the chat think like as far as who who looks more yoked right now between Corey and cole let's let's yeah or we yeah, it's a tight it's a tight race Corey's man. bigger than i am though so he should win <laughs> yeah Corey, i mean you guys Corey's, both look pretty Corey's shredded to me humbled. Corey's like three. Corey's like four or five inches taller than me, and he weighs like eighty pounds more than I do. Where are you at right now, Cole? One sixty-eight, one seventy. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm at two hundred seven. Yeah, I'm trying to get down to one ninety-eight. I'm, yeah, I, I got my smashing greens in today, so I'll be smashing the toilet tomorrow. Oh God, dude, right. I need to get I need to get back on that. Derek Campbell, who was in the chat, our sweet sweet Derek boy. He uh he got us hooked on that. It's actually really awesome. It's the uh, Michigiri. Um, I think I pronounced his name right, but his smashing green stuff, it's actually really, really solid. Yeah, um, I, uh, I like it a lot. I need to stick with it more, but just given like how my job's been, it's been so fucking hard to stay on like a regular diet, but I am like lifting yeah. regularly again, which feels Same. great. Which speaking kind of, of, we were going to touch on this Friday. And since we're getting near the end of the show, I think we should probably uh, go over changes that are coming. Sorry, there's a net in here. Um, as you guys know, we've been kind of steering farther and farther away from just airsoft-related topics recently over the past year. Honestly, since the since first COVID. five episodes of the show, like since COVID started, we needed to start branching out and finding new things that we can get into. Um, and as that has gained traction and as we've gotten more and more involved and developed into our other hobbies, I think the show needs to evolve too. And I think in order to keep pace and to start producing more content and more usable content, um, ASAP is going to be changing. Um, we luckily came up with a name that we can keep the acronym of ASAP, but we're going to start enveloping just kind of nerdy shit in general. So you're going to start seeing like show reviews and comic book reviews and car shit and art stuff from Corey and punk. Um, you're going to, you might see some sailing shit from me. You're going to see some lifting stuff from me and Corey more than more likely. gaming shit too. Yeah, um, which is yeah. all, I mean, and it's, and it's not something we're doing to, to try and do something new. It's stuff we're, we're already doing and mm -hmm. that we probably spend more time doing than airsoft and airsoft will like, still like, be a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially you know, with Cole having a kid now, and me having my kids. The older mm -hmm. they get, man, just time just keeps shrinking down further and further and further. So, trying to squeeze airsoft content weekly is absolutely impossible. Even yeah. even every other week, we've been struggling to do it. So you know, 
we are, you know, still reading comic books because we're dorks watching the shows, watching the movies. And we have in our private discussions, we have lengthy, lengthy discussions about it. So so why not just bring yeah, everybody like, Why else wouldn't that it? content make more sense? Um, so, yeah, here moving forward soon, um, it's going to be kind of a gradual change. But we are changing from another serious airsoft podcast to all seriousness aside podcast. Nice. <laughs> so we get to keep the ASAP acronym because the, the extra the ASAP podcast is kind of an oxymoron in itself because it's podcast podcast there. So it's ASA podcast, all seriousness aside. And uh, yeah, so moving forward, we're going to start doing some other shit because I'm honestly I'm tired of getting blood out of a stone where we're always stuck talking about dumb fuck airsofters yeah. that do dumb fuck things which when is great the majority which is, of which is great when we're in the flow and, uh, yeah yeah which is great you know when we're in the flow of it and we're doing events and stuff but it's just like we're still in the recovering from covid phase where we're trying to to redo our schedules and figure out what we can and can't do and you know, and I think phase. the we can I th- I personally think we can produce more uh, we can produce better content if we've got a varied, more varied um, scope that we can work from. Like we've got the sh- the siege film, which is still tracking right now. Um, Corey and I are involved in a new project, um, and then we've got another one down the pipe that Cor- that we're doing. I mean, there's there's I'm honestly going to spend more time doing movie shit this year than airsoft, 100. percent Yeah. Yeah. Well, hit me like, up if you guys want to do an episode about reenactment or backpacking, because those are my only other hobbies. Yes. For sure. And, and it's good because, like, and a lot overlanding, of, the movies, of course. Yeah. Under the say, tutelage yeah. of my right. overland mentor, Brian Clarkson. Oh, my gosh, dude. That dude's rig is the coolest so cool. rig I've ever seen. Yeah. That guy has three fucking Ford trucks right now. He has a Ford F 150 with a, uh, what is the back like? You know, like the flat back, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it is, like flat the cargo bed, back. Bed. Yeah, 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 flatbed. Yeah, he's got like an F one fifty flatbed that's all off roaded that he took the camper off. Then he's got that F four fifty ambulance that's like his house, and now he has an F two fifty Super Duty fleet truck, both in orange and white. Nice. That is his West Coast Milsom West work truck. I'm actually thinking about getting one myself, so I don't have to drive my truck to the West Coast. And I have just like a, a truck I can stash either at, you know, Jet Lee's place or up at Brian's place in the Northwest. And you can write it off. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. My, I just bought a Tundra for work and had it wrapped. So I'm fucking, I'm with you on that shit. It's great. Um, what my comment was basically is like a lot of the true fans of the show have become fans of the show because they like our character, right? It's not necessarily about the subjects that we talk about. All three of you but, special boys. But it's, it's the personalities that you guys have known to come and love. So you know, we appreciate, you know, your guys' support on future episodes, even though the show is going to change. And we just want to make that clear. So, and we will still be talking about airsoft shit. We're yeah, still going like, to be going to events. We're still going to be doing stuff. It's just yeah. like, I, it, it, we're, it, man, it's, it's a bitch talking about a pretty self explanatory hobby for an entire hour without it just being product placement. Cause that's a lot of the time that's all you're stuck is like talking about new product from this new product from that. This guy came out this, this guy came out of that. And it's all the same shit at the end of the day. Like uh, airsoft. As a whole, I'd say 70% of the content is fucking product reviews. It's all product placement shit, and I'm tired of it. And I, you know, just, you know, I want to get into new stuff, and I think we can be successful in that avenue. Um, So if you don't like it, fuck you. We really don't care. (laughs) We're going to keep on rolling like we always do. We're going to do us. Yeah. Because this show is. 
No, I was going to say, speaking of overlanding, uh, this is kind of like one of those things that I'm, I'm actually actively looking into. Um, I've been watching a lot of, I've been watching a lot of YouTube content about just overlanding in general, not like, Oh, this is going to be my life from here on out. But, um, there's actually a YouTuber, there's a YouTuber that I watched who actually had Brian on his YouTube channel. And it was kind of weird. I was like, Oh, Hey, I, mob I, overland. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, he's got, Brian's he, actually like, the most influential airsofter in the Overland community, low-key. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm actually doing kind of a weird concept Overland project with the Toyota Yaris. And, um, like, I got a lot of my information from not only just Brian, just tips and tricks, but um, Dad to Mob, with the shit he did with, like, the shift pod and some of the other stuff that he talks about. Like, it's it's well, it's kind of an inspiration to try and, and, like, do something different and weird with the Overlanding community because it's yeah. – a lot of Toyotas, a lot of Fords. Like I get it, I get the aesthetic, and I and I get you know, sure these guys are these guys are full time Overlanders. Cool. Um, that's not the case. So I want to do something fun with it. And, so. and just to make a comment, so Josh knows too is like I actually work in the Overland industry as well. Like that that is one of the you know our main markets that we go for, and we're working on products that are actually involving with Overlanders. So maybe I should talk to Brian about that too because. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're, we'll be at SEMA this year, and our main products that we're going to be advertising on our booth are Overland based. So, um, yeah. yeah, I should definitely talk to him. Well, so. and this was exactly like there's so many other things we can talk about for hours on end to Yo, diversify yeah. the content. Like, and we'll be able to put out stuff on the YouTube channels. We'll be able to make actual videos. Um, I think everybody here at this point is set up enough where they can create their own content. I'm probably the only one that's not talented enough to like sit down and make a video and edit it without getting mad, masturbating, and then falling asleep. Also <laughs> me. Also me. But, but yeah, man, like there's, there's a lot of cool shit coming down the pipe. Um, so with that, I think it's about time to end. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for coming on, man. And thank you for kind of shepherding this vice deal into fruition, even though basically everybody, myself included, thought it was a dumb idea because it came out awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate that. I was more happy about the part where they covered you doing your whole like self-awareness speech. Like, cause mm-hmm. without that, it almost totally changes like the, the tone of like yeah. how, how we yeah. go about airsoft. So whenever I saw that right off the bat, I was like, okay, like maybe we'll be good. So yeah, that's why, I mean, that's why I do it, man. Like, yeah. is you know, I'm trying to promote that at the game. Like, I mean, you know, honestly, it's like the, the piece speaks for itself, man. Like I'm personally very satisfied because I feel like, a mainstream national news organization took the time to sit down with me and record, I guess, I, I mean, not to sound like a fucking asshole, which I am, but like record, let me tell them what my creative process was, right? Like I'm trying to translate my war experience in a way that's enjoyable, but challenging, right? It's not that serious. It's just for fun. And you know, it's the same as any other hobby. It's literally as benign as model train collecting. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. And it, I mean, that makes me happy, man. Like, you know, cause that's what it is. And I think for the people who enjoy it the most, that, that is what it, you know, it, at, at its, at its apex airsoft is, you know, model train army collection. Right. Yeah. On that oddly positive note, punk, do you want to do the final? We're going to need a new outro. Yeah. I'll have to start writing money. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm really honored to have been on the last airsoft only yeah. 
oriented episode of the podcast, guys. Thanks for giving me shit to talk about. Jesus Christ. And Colton tried to kick you off 30 minutes early, like the first time you came on. (laughs) I quit drinking. (laughs) (laughs) We've come full circle. Yeah, Uh, I I agree. I feel like like this is an appropriate appropriate last uh, guest to have. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Josh, thank you very much for coming on. And with that being said, with that being said, we raise a to- we raise a glass, both listener and host, as we toast to you, filthy degenerates, and rejoice that this dumpster fire has finally come to an end. Another serious, the final, another serious airsoft podcast is based around a terrible idea that people actually want to listen to grown men talk about their toy guns and their adventures using them. And with the lack of follow through airsoft just exude, it's a fucking miracle we made it to the episode that we're at now. If you like what you heard, great. Keep that shit to your. Or if you like what you heard, great. If not, keep that shit to yourself because we don't do constructive criticism. Remember to call your hits. Don't let the admin see you drinking, and we'll see you next time on all seriousness aside. Hey, Adios. see you guys.